Cowboy Nation. Let's go, Cowboy Nation. Let's roll, Cowboy Nation. Right. I know you guys are ready. Happy New Year. Let's go. Let's go, Cowboy Nation. One way or another. Really appreciate you all for tuning in to the nation. We live like 95. Yes. Hit that like button. Subscribe to this page, baby. Yes. Bring the wolves out. Yes. Let's talk about it. Let's not just be about it. Let's talk about it. Rise up to the occasion. Here we go. All right. Y'all feel this, right? Yes. One way or another. This is your brother from another mother. No other. Don't look like Danny Glover, but I keep it cool with you all. Uh, first off, I like to just say Happy New Year to each and every last one of you all. Really appreciate you guys for rolling with me, uh, for being part of the mix all this year. Although I have not been growing this beer for four years, it's been seven months. I was looking back at some of my older videos. I said, man, it's been seven months I've been growing this beard. It feels like a whole year, but it is what it is at this point. I really appreciate each and every last one of you all. I do not discount the nation. I do not discount those who've been uh, following the page, been criticizing the page. I love that. I, those who've been critiquing, those who've been elevating every piece formed this wonderful puzzle for uh, last year. Now it's a new year, and all we got to do is look forward look forward to what we need to control and those who are focusing on the things that we can right so with that being said um first i like to get off this news to um chris richard we need to figure out a way one way or another to keep that brother inside this locker room on this team regardless come hell or high water because i like the fact that he elevate this particular defense to play differently I don't care what nobody say about well, what people say about, well, you know, it's really not Chris Richard. It's this particular front seven or front four. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, each one teach one. Everybody's accountable. Everybody's got to depend on each each other, but still be dependent on themselves. Every tub must stand on its own bottom. I'm speaking to you guys. Yes, that's Chris Richard speaking there. That's how he was speaking to the uh, Byron Jones of the world. If Chris Richard was never on his team, they would still have Byron Jones playing safety. Think about that. We would never have had, uh, and of course, trust me, I'm not the guy that says, okay, A.B. or Anthony Brown is like world class, but he did step it up from last year, right? That's Chris Richard fingerprints all over it. And uh, we talk about uh, the, the Awuzie's of the world. We still uh, seeing the growth factor within him each and every Sunday. Yeah, shout out to the uh, Law Nation 2.0 page. Mark Britt, appreciate you for being the first person in the chat box there. And also uh, Dizzy Fusion on the uh, first person that's in the chat box over here. 
uh dizzy appreciate you uh chas jewel uh matthew mr trucky four place gotta step it up mr trucky a major sales appreciate you for tuning in happy new year to you and your whole entire family guys i must say this i got to spit the truth on this fact right here we got the world of opportunities to to corral and pay this man to be our uh, defensive coordinator. And somehow, one way or another, I do know that uh, being a head coach or, or for an organization may be his ultimate goal. But sometimes in life, not all money is good money. For those who out there play dominoes, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes you got to fold back and not get to 25 and say, okay, I'm not going to pin myself against the corner. I'm going to go ahead and take these 10 points so that I can come back around and get 15 points later and then seal the game off by uh, dominoing at the end versus going up for the 25 points. For those who out there who know, don't know to play those dominoes, hit me up. Let me know if you play those bones because that's what it looks like because going to the Jets, baby, I understand that the Jets may be a, a nice little offer, uh, but they'll run you out of town before, you, before your seat get warm. If you don't win a game, the Arizona Cardinals can tell you that, right? They gave the guy uh, one year and he's already gone. Come on now. And then on top of that, if you look at things, um, if we look at the fact that the Miami Dolphins, they want to interview uh, the, the young Richard. <laughs> Come on now. I know Miami is nice. I know Dallas weather do not compare to Miami and Miami women. I know for sure. I've been down there. That the Miami is a beautiful place. I think Chris Richard is happily married, though, uh, and I hope he is. But Miami is a a beautiful place to to be at. But man, but man, let's build something great. Let's find out a way we can just corral and keep you here with the silver and blue, and don't go down there to Miami. <laughs> I know, man, but appreciate everybody for tuning in to the nation. Also, I, I want to talk about a little uh, segue, not before we go into this main topic that you see the panel on first thing first behind me. Um, I really want to talk about this. Uh, yesterday, I posted a video, a video of, uh, uh, of I, I want to say, um, Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd says stats do not matter. <laughs> they we need to stop talking about stats. They do not signify anything. Now, me being an econ major, economics, uh, uh, you know, graduated, you know, with an economics degree and an econ major, ultimately uh, having a job in analytics, pretty much. Uh, I'm an analyst. Um, you can say that. There, there's always variables that you can look at, but there's a main key ingredient that you look at, especially when you're talking about numbers like forecasting, being able to predict a little bit with factual numbers, with actual numbers so that you can put things in the right proper perspective, especially when you're talking about scroll effects or you talk about uh, uh, the the, um, the dynamic efficiencies and things like that and how you're going to calibrate or actually move said number uh, to this particular region. Now, stats can be mis skewed and a lot of things as far as completion percentages and i'm moving back to football when you're talking about completion percentages yes you can say well you know looking back at this particular stat uh showing this average distance of yards thrown is only at 6.4 meaning that these numbers can be convoluted a little bit because they're not actual because the actual quarterbacks that's throwing the ball down the field with accuracy are at 8.9 
Now you can just miscue those particular numbers when you're talking about completion quarterback data as it relates to throwing the ball down the field. Yes, but where his mistake was all about when he was talking about stats do not matter, but the main ingredients of everything was the win column. I mean, good Lord, as long as your quarterback win, I don't care how the ingredients were made, but as long as this is the W in the win column, that's all that I care about. That's what all everybody should care about. As long as there's a W in the win column, it can be ugly, it can smell nasty, it can taste nasty. But man, if it can give you the ingredients that you need, oh my God. Happy New Year to everybody again. Will Redding said, Happy New Year. Yes, Ernest Potts says, no head coach. But let me jump back to this thing, what I'm talking about. Man, when he said that stats don't matter and Dak Prescott don't have the pedigree or don't have the, um, I guess, overall collective sum of what a Russell Wilson have. And Russell Wilson didn't have or don't have an Ezekiel Elliott or don't have a front seven. I laughed to the high heavens. I wish that my computer and everything was working out well because this is the thing. Man, give me beast mode. Ooh, give me the Legion of Boom. Give me. Now, I'm not saying that Pete Carroll is the best coach and he can walk on water or anything. But come on now. Let's let's be real with the situation. <laughs> If you got Pete Carroll in one room and you have Jason Garrett in the other room, uh, let me know. And it was a gun or a shotgun or something like a, a knife to your throat. And you say, okay, uh, which one would you pick? The Legion of Boom and Pete Carroll or the Legion of Boom and Jason Garrett? You know, or let me just fix, let me fix these numbers around. Would you pick, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it will always lean to give me Pete Carroll. <laughs> give me uh, Pete Carroll in the beast mode. You know, I figured the rest out. Or give me Pete Carroll in Ezekiel. Or give me Pete Carroll in the Legion of Boom. Or give me Pete Carroll and Dak Prescott in the Legion of Boom. It will always figure out those numbers, those variables, those decision making will always lean towards that. Because one thing you can say to yourself that, hey, Although, damn it, he didn't win it in the 90s, the, late, the latter part of the 90s, Pete Carroll was still able to take the Patriots to the Super Bowl. And then on top of that, to ultimately to lose, I believe, to Brett Favre, he went off to the USC's of the world. And he was ultimately able to win the uh, championship there. Now, I do know that that can be convoluted a little bit because of the uh, the, the rankings and and the, uh, I guess, what you would say, the, the, the cream of the crops that goes to those bigger schools opposed to the smaller schools. But he was still able to win it. And then if you move over a little bit further, and when he got to the, uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks, he won it there. And he took that team. One can argue the fact that if they would have ran the dang on ball into the end zone, maybe they would have had two Super Bowls opposed to just that one. But it is what it is. Janiqua, appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in to the nation. Hey, go ahead and break it down, law. Yes, I'm going to break it down. Let's go ahead and listen to the uh, little excerpt, and then I'll jump back over to what Colin Cowherd had to say. Then I can bring up the other thing that I want to hold for you guys while we have this little show here going on. Appreciate you all. Let's go one way or another, right? Boys, they closed out the regular season with a solid yeah. win over the Giants. Good win for the team. Appreciate Good performance you guys. from their quarterback, Dak Prescott. Now, he'll need another one next week against the Seahawks. He'll also need Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke won the rushing title despite sitting out Sunday's game. Jason Garrett said the move keeps him, quote, fresher 
moving they forward. They keep Ezekiel Elliott real fresh. I think the Cowboys need to get out of Zeke if they are going to beat the Seahawks. Well, I think yeah, when you talk about Zeke, you just get the same thing every game. You get 150 yards, you get 120 rushing yards, you get 30 or 40 receiving yards, and, you, and, and you just feed them. Yeah. Feed him to Zeke. control the pace of the game. I love the fact that they yes. gave him a week off, though. And I just know as a running back, that week off means an extra yard or two on almost every carry. Oh. Yes, that means it does. you're able yes. to get to the edge. You're able to make people miss. You're able to get in space yes, and now get those extra yards. Allow your legs to get fresh. Andy Reid, routinely, if we we're already in the playoffs, he gave us that week off, allowed us to have fresh legs coming into the playoffs. That makes all the difference in the world. Screen game, the run game as well. Big, big time week off for Zeke Elliott. And you guys were one of the best teams ever early in the postseason. Like, I understand people seeing Andy Reid and it had some struggles later in the postseason, but you guys weren't one, a one and done. No. I mean, four straight NFC championship appearances, Super Bowl appearance in there. So, just like, couldn't win the big one. We were talking during the break. It wasn't just Zeke who got the week off. We know the linemen, technically, they did get the week off. But yes. the defense kind of did as well. When you only play 15 minutes time of possession on the field, I've never seen a stat like that. Right. I, I, I can't remember the last NFL game where one team had the ball for 45 minutes like Dallas did. So the defense is going to come in yes. fresh to a degree, which is important because quietly this last month of football, this Dallas defense, which through the first 13 weeks was allowing... Let me, let me stop it right here. And you guys saw that number right there. You saw what the other guy said about the actual running and saving and reserving Ezekiel Elliott. Now, you also heard stats. I'm not talking about fabricated thoughts. I'm talking about stats when you're talking about the defense only playing 15 minutes and things like that. Those are stats that you can compile to utilize and help your team out down the line. So we got to go back to what we're talking about. Stats, where you can utilize those stats to help elevate your team. Oh man, I'm gonna roast. I'm gonna roast Colin Cowherd for the rest of his life. Whenever he try to bring up stats, I'm just gonna just bring up and say, "Hey, remember, remember what you said about stats, Colin." <laughs> Let's keep going. 18 points a game. It's been allowing 25 points a game. Been allowing 50 more yards per game. The defense needs to sharpen up because they are about to go up against the best rushing attack in the NFC and the Seattle Seahawks. One of the things that I love that Jason Garrett did was that he played Dak in this game. He gave Ryan him Westbrook. 44 passing attempts just to get some confidence, just to say, listen, we're going to need to be able to throw the ball at some point in the playoffs. Let's get some confidence in week 17. Allow mm -hmm. you to go out there and try to complete some balls. Get some confidence as a player. We know what we're going to do with Zeke. We're going to give him yes, 25 indeed. carries. We're going to give him five or six touches in the passing game. But we need our quarterback to go out there and to be able to throw the football. 44 passing attempts, four touchdowns for Dak Prescott. That was impressive. Great coaching call from uh, Jason Garrett. Now, Man, that's weird. Brian Westbrook, an eagle. Got the most sense out here uh, saying that, hey, they need that continuity. They need that type of poise out there, and they need to have their trust factor with Dak Prescott to the tight end. Uh, if you guys look at the film session that I did last night of Blake Jarwin, uh, his ability to, to attack upfield vertically is everything. Absolutely everything. Uh, it's one of those things where now you can look at it and you can compile the tape and you can look at the evidence and say to yourself, okay, when a team played two single high safety or when they played a single, oh, I, tell you, I said two single high safety, two deep safety look or the uh, cover two uh, safety look. Now you can say to the reservoirs of your mind and say, man, I do not want this tight end to eat up in the middle of the scene. 
So now you really got to pick your poison, meaning that you can't have a guy to cheat to the outside because you know for sure without a shot of a doubt that you know for sure that they like the bracket cover or have the single underneath and the underneath top look with the DPs on Amari Cooper, on Michael Gallup, but they can't have that luxury no more. They do not have that luxury no more. And here's why. Because you got a guy now that can stretch the field vertically inside of the seam. And what that brings, if you know what I mean, look at that. That that robs. You got a guy that can vertically stretch the inside of the seam. If you know what I mean, that is going to be just nasty. Oh, my goodness. Look at this right here. Think about this. And I'm not just trying to pump up this. And I, I've been saying this all offseason. This is how we thought that they were going to utilize Rico. All right. So do you put... I'm going to ask you guys, the scholars that's here, that's in the chat box, everybody that have that level of knowledge. What do you do when you in line, uh, line up Blake Jarwin now? What do you do from a defensive aspect when he's lined up in line, on the line? Remember, I said the tight end is the third hardest position to learn in the National Football League. First coming the, the, the quarterback because you just got to know everything. Second will be the center. And then, of course, one can argue back and forth. Well, the center, but the center got a lot of things to do uh, as far as playing in the inside and also pointing out uh, the, the protection, the zone blocking schemes and things like that and pointing out the mic. There's so many things that the uh, center have to do. And plus, he, he touched the ball 99% of the, well, 100% of the time. And then there's that tight end. <laughs> What up, E? Shout out to you this on the Periscope and Alejandro, Alejandro, Alejandro. Shout out to you too. All right, so this is the thing. Now the scholars that's here, that's in the chat box, those who know, those who post, uh, see this production here that I'm doing right now. Happy New Year to all of you all. How do you, how do you guard now, Blake? Do you slide that that safety over down into the inside and watch him, or do you spy your linebacker on him? <laughs> and we saw the way Blake Jarwin run his routes. I I would love, I would love to get that linebacker uh, on Blake Jarwin six or seven yards down the field. <laughs> it just love to see it. Now the team that we playing this weekend, they got a guy that can turn his hips and follow and chase. And then that that guy named Bobby Wagner. And trust me, I love for him to do that. But what do that do when you have your your primary linebacker? Chasing Blake Jarwin. <laughs> now that opened up so many things. It opened up a lot. When we're talking about that particular uh, linebacker, whoever it may be, you can't just put no scrub on him because I'm seeing right now the explosive aspect, and I do know that this has only been one god doggone game that we saw that. But everybody know film and tape shows you a lot, and you can try to risk it, but all it takes is one touchdown for you to puzzle and scratch your mind. So if you put your linebacker now on <laughs> on on draw uh, with what that does to the box, softens the box, right? It, it moves everybody back. Ezekiel Elliott, now he can say, oh, man, give me that full plate of chicken. <laughs> See, chickens, give me that full plate. 
<laughs> Give me that full entire plate now because I know for sure I have one less linebacker that I have to worry about or I have one less uh, safety that I have to worry about as well. So that's how beneficial it is for the tight end in the National Football League on anybody's team that can vertically stretch the ball upfield, can vertically attack the seam routes. That's what we needed all year. And at the last game of the year, it finally clicked together. It could be. That Dak Prescott said, okay, I'm going to just go ahead. This been open all year. I'm just going to go ahead and say two tears in a bucket. You guys know what goes into that blank. I'm going to go ahead and just throw it to Blake Jarwin. I'm going to go ahead and work these things out. But no, when I look back at that film, I saw Blake Jarwin getting separation. I saw him doing route manipulation. I saw him setting his feet, planting his feet, getting back upfield, turning around, shielding, catching the ball with his hands, not allowing the ball to enter his body. So that's what I saw. Man, I cannot get, I can't get too much crunk about this because now I see, man, it's like my eyes, a veil was lifted off my face when I saw the Blake Jarwins of the world catching and running the ball inside. And then I, I saw another play that they manipulated with the 12 personnel look. They lined Schultz and Jarwin. Schultz was the inside guy. They didn't know whether or not, okay, Schultz, he's the inline guy. He's going to block. He's going to sit back and block for the extra protection. No, Schultz ran his butt out there too and ran an inside curl button hook route. Ball looking like it was going to go to him. No, Jarwin was like, oh, no, I'm right beside you, my brother. <laughs> As he curled right at the 10-yard line, uh, Jarwin was wide open because of the, the, the safety was not aware that Dak Prescott was able to hit Schultz, uh, 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 Jarwin down the field. That's what we needed all year, that type of route combination. And, of course, you in order for that play to work, you got to have a little bit, bit – you got to have a little bit of time in the pocket or you have to roll out. And he rolled out right to his right. He had three on that side. Schultz, the inside guy. Jarwin, the outer uh, guy on that particular play, who was the flanker, basically. And then you had the actual um, wide receiver to the far, far, far right of that play. It was nice. It was nice. But let's go. Let's listen into some more of what they have to say. Let's go. For your run, you guys went against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers routinely, and they were a physical outfit. Yeah. And you guys were more of a zone finesse type of run style. How did you get that respect? Because you know that you know Zeke and the Dallas are going to have to get the respect from that physical defense that's going to come in, mainly Bobby Wagner. How did you did you did you say okay, I'm going to have to make sure that you no know, straight ahead, no fair dodging on some of these linebackers early in the game, so you can get that respect? Well, for me, it was all about making guys miss, getting to the edge, not getting that full shot on the body. But for the offensive line, it's a mindset. And it starts the right, first day that. of practice. It's a mindset. We have to be physical and nasty up front. If we want to win, we have to win in the trenches. Andy Reid preached that every single week. For, for Dallas, it's, it's no different. Trenches. One of the better yeah. offensive lines in the league. Be physical and nasty in the trenches. That, that leads to winning in the playoffs. Unless you fall behind early. That's and right. then you're going to have to give the ball to Dak, and you're going to have to say, go do what you've done, sort of done down the stretch. How much do you trust Dak Prescott well, to do that? Well, that's why I brought up the point about Jason Garrett. That's why you give him 44 passing attempts Man. in the final game of the season that is almost meaningless. That's why you do that, because at some point in the playoffs, you're going to have to put up 30 points. You're going to have to score. You're going to have to throw the ball 35 times. That you means do. Dak has to be prepared. You, you give him those four touchdowns, 44 attempts, that's huge for him. If they beat Seattle, they're playing either the Rams or the Saints. We'll see how the bracket falls. It, I do not think 13-10 is duplicable, no. especially because it's on the road wherever they play, either in the Coliseum or in the Superdome. And I totally mm -hmm. agree with you that I thought 
Sunday's game was the most meaningful, meaningless game meaningful, you can have from a player game. because yeah, the like one that. question for Dallas, to me at least, is the quarterback and the passing attack. I like their defense even though it's been a little shaky down the stretch. I love their running game. I, Jason Garrett's fine. Like I don't think he's yes. the greatest coach, but he's not. I don't think coaching's going to kill him in the playoffs. The question is the, the passing attack. So it's not only they threw for 380 yards and four touchdowns, arguably statistically the best game of his career. It was fourth and 15. There you go. Seven, the strike to Cole Beasley on the yep. run, following it up with extending the play on the two-point conversion. I, even if I still don't have a ton of faith in Dak Prescott, he's got to internally feel like, man, I'm Dak bleeping Prescott. A third Boy, I, look, man, hey, hey, I can't believe Nick Wright, of all people, sounding right. Man, look, man, <laughs> fourth and 15, hey, uh, we already know confidence is just just everything. Shout out to Edith on the Periscope. Yes, uh, Blake Jarwin always texted uh, Dak Prescott on what he need to improve on as uh, far as uh, route running and, and getting open, and, and they converse back and forth. So, yes, you are right. Jarwin and Blake, Jarwin and Blake, Jarwin and Dak, they've been working together to elevate each other uh, out there on the field. And chemistry is everything. I always say uh, a quarterback best friend is a tight end. And uh, sometimes the room can be too crowded. So I think Jarwin separated himself from the Swains of the world and from the Rico Gathers and the Schultz. I, I think that uh, down the line, Schultz, believe it or not, he's one of those uh, maybe Jarwin 2.0s. He, he, he's going to develop tremendously next year. He's a wonderful blocker. Uh, I think that, that, that his, his route and his mid-routes are, are great in a sense, but I must not say great, but good. You know, it's too soon to say great. It's just a slip of the word, right? So it's good right now. So as we get this time to go down the line, hey, man, it's everything. Uh, are you going to the game Saturday? This is Dallas Baldridge. Man, appreciate you for tuning in to the nation. It could be quite possible that I'll be down at the game this Saturday. Uh, the game starts at 7.15. It could be quite possible that I will be uh, at the game. But hit me up after the video, and I'll talk to you to, to some more about those details. But, guys, hit up Cowboys Experience. Uh, the website or the link is in the description box. How you can get to the game with, with low pricing. You got to come early, but though for field pass levels and uh tailgating access please hit the link that's in the description box to get for more details about that and we can make sure that you have a wonderful time tomorrow uh, we're trying to uh, work out some things maybe we can get michael gallup on the phone believe it or not and or the original 88 drew pearson let me know give me guys give us feedback hit up me Vach lombardi big game james producer g hit us up uh dallas prospect d dallas prospect ddp hit us up so you guys can get more details about that the dallas cowboys experience uh it was it's in the description box down below special teams yes we're gonna have to up the ante jeff heath yes he can have to step it up a little bit mallory says he, he must go but i'm not saying that jeff Heath must go jeff heath is a soldier yes he had some bad moments in the game but don't get rid of the guy right now <laughs> let the confidence build guys let this thing roll shout out to nick Wright for being right just for this moment right here i really appreciate that Ooh, can't believe it
13 and 3 my rookie year. Should, should, maybe should have been league MVP. Got us the playoffs, went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Last year, we were relevant. We were right there, even though we didn't have Zeke. And this year, look at what we've done again. Started 3 and 5, won 7 of 8 down the stretch. Like, he's got to be feeling the best he's felt Three about his ability all season. And, and I think that matters. And seven out of for defenses, games. now all of a sudden it's like, wait. Like Blake Jarwin is someone we have to at least pay attention to. <laughs> like, there's different things on tape. Seattle now has to deal with during mm -hmm. the limited time of the week. For quarterbacks in the playoffs, it's about experience, composure, and confidence. And you gave Dak an opportunity to get some confidence. You gave him some experience in his last yeah. couple of years playing. I, I think this is just bodes well for exactly what he wants to do. Seattle's not going to come out and throw up 35 points. Now that allows your passing game to develop a little bit more, give it a little bit more time. D can you fear this Dallas team? Do they instill a sense of any of that with them? I, I know they have Zeke and Dak has played well, but you just always feel like they're, I mean, are they a team that you, you worry about their defense and you worry about them running well? well the one thing that I love in playoff football, be able to run the football, yeah. be able to stop the run and play good physical defense on the outside. Dallas has that ability to do that across the board. I, I love teams that have that op that opportunity. And when you look at Seattle, yeah. they almost could do the same thing. Number one rushing team in the league. They, they play great defense and they're physical. And so this is going to be a good battle this Sunday. I just don't know. I think advantage coach coaching advantage goes to Seattle. I think yeah. quarterback <laughs> Seattle. I think Seattle. run game goes to the Seattle. Yes, Experience I Seattle. love this. I just Keep don't know how this Dallas team Keep figures out a way to I win. I think they can be in it because it's, you know Seattle's never going to blow you out, but they wear you down physically and mentally on both sides of the ball. And that dude over there chewing that gum knows how to coach his butt off. Dallas has been a tremendous home mm. team. I would give them almost, if this was 4-5 in the other direction, I would give Dallas almost no chance to go on the road in Seattle and win this game. What I will say, though, is if, as far as Seahawks, they are the Cowboys, just a little bit better version mm -hmm. in almost every area. They don't have a running back as good as Zeke, but they have a more potent overall rushing attack. I, as good as Amari Cooper has been, mm -hmm. Doug Baldwin has shown you repeatedly he's a true number one receiver. We know Russell Wilson is one of the greatest playoff quarterbacks and just one of the greatest overall quarterbacks in the league. And you mentioned Pete Carroll, man. Like they, so they they have to me the better unit. But home field, it's tough to go on the road and win a playoff game. And Dallas. Yes, indeed. So, uh, with that being said, you see how the Seahawks, there's nobody to sneeze at. You know, they started off, what, 0-2. They beat us. They, they was the first win for them this year. Um, so, they was like 1-2, and two, and they was able to corral and get back and, and get back into the mix. Now, <clears throat> we talk about coaching. We talked about the uh, Russell Wilson effect, his ability to always keep the game involved with his legs and actually passing the ball accurately down the field. Yes, but the other parameters were – I look back at that uh, first game of the year when we played the Seattle Seahawks. I look back at it. Uh, they, they had a guy number 29 on that team who was the, the, the main difference maker on that particular team. Uh, let me know if you guys think that 29 is still on the Seattle Seahawks. Dallas Cowboys still was moving the ball down the field. They were still moving the ball. Those fluke interceptions occurred. One bounced off the hands of a Michael Gallup. And number 29 was just like, Ugh. he picked the ball off the ground almost right before it, like an inch off the ground. And it was able to get the turnover, stop momentum. Although, Cowboys were able to um, corral and, and stop them from scoring off of that drive. It changed swift and shifted the momentum. Uh, everybody remember another drive. Uh, if you go back and watch that game, it was a um, 
I, I, it was one of those crazy rules. They stopped calling it all of a sudden at like midway through the year. Uh, they called a pass, it was not pass interference, it was a roughing the quarterback on Tyron Crawford. We had him like dead to right in the, uh, on our side of the field. And uh, Tyron Crawford was able to break free, sack, well, not necessarily. Did he sack, did he sack uh, Russell? Wilson, no, nah, nah, he didn't sack him, but he was able to uh, get him down on the on the field, and they called a rough in the passer, and everybody was like, look, man, it was new. Everybody was saying like, hey, wait a minute, what are they talking about? Tyrone Crawford made a football move, but they were saying that because Tyrone Crawford laid most of his body weight on the quarterback, and, and it was like one of those things where, as we talked about earlier, that when the Cowboys play, we, we just don't have to play against the team. We have to play against actually the officials and the team uh, that we are playing against. And, and that's just the truth. I know a lot of people say, no, Law, you're so off kilter on that. I'm like, no, 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 no. That was a phantom call. They actually were able to were granted a fresh set of downs, and they scored off of that drive. They scored their first point off that drive. So, Thomas is gone. Yes, Stephen. Stephen, yes, he said Thomas is gone. E.T. is not there anymore. So all we got to do is play our style of football. Now, they still got playmakers. They still got a Bobby Wagner, a, a Frank Clark of the world, and, what, and both of those Griffins uh, kids out there. So we still have – this is not like something that we can just walk in and say, okay, we're going to beat down the Seahawks. But it's one of those games now that they don't have a number 29 out there. And then on top of that, did I mention that we didn't have a number 19 before that? <laughs> I think we we probably had uh, – we didn't even have Bryce Butler at that time, did we? Did we have Bryce Butler? No, it doesn't matter because those guys – we had a Deontay Thompson and Alan Hearns of the worlds out there and Michael Gallup. Those were our three wideouts. We had a Tavon Austin who ran an end around. Go back and watch that game who was face masked, pulled down uh, by his face mask on the sideline, and no flags were called. They swallowed every whistle that they were out there, and there was no flags that were called on that play. And we was like all at the game, like, ah, what's going on? Come on, officials, let, let's just play a game. Um, it's just one of those things. But um, let's let's listen to some more. Well, this is one more clip of them. Ellis has that going for him, and they have the confidence of what happened over the last eight games of the season. All right. Brian, stick around. Yes, indeed. So that was the end of that particular episode there. Appreciate everybody for tuning in to the nation. Here's another uh, step that we got to (sighs) face. The official has been announced of who going to be officiating the game. Who's going to be calling the game. And I do know that according to Colin Cowherd, stats don't matter. Stats is just something that we just throw around and, and, uh, and have those sayings where it's not about stats and this sort of thing. Let me tell you guys. Let me hurt some of you guys' feelings. Because when I say this name, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, no, come on. NFL, why would you do this? The official for this coming Saturday game, Dallas Cowboys versus the Seattle Sea Chickens or Seahawks, however you want to call them, will be Walt Anderson. If you don't know who Walt Anderson is, Go Google Walt Anderson. He will be the head official for the uh, Dallas Cowboys versus the Seattle Seahawks. So with that being said, mm, we can get into some, some more details about old Walt Anderson being the official of the uh, of the Cowboys uh, game. I can just tell you this right now. <laughs> 
that uh, he 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 called the, uh, uh, the the Carolina Panthers game this year. We had over ten flags. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, regardless of the scenario, regardless of what happened this Saturday, I can guarantee you this: <laughs> there's going to be flags out of galore. That's just that's just the bottom line. Walt Anderson, he lives for making a quilt. He makes his quilts every Sunday, every Saturday that he coach, or well, that he out there officiating, or every Thursday night, or every Monday night. His his main deal is let's say, how can I make me a comforter set that's made out of flags? Because that's how many flags he throw. Old Walt Anderson boy, he's going to be officiating the game. But let's listen to what I said. Uh, I guess the show before, and we're going to just talk about this briefly before I go into details because we got to hear this because uh, I, I, I had to rush it the other day and I couldn't get into details the way I really wanted to. But let's listen to Colin Cowherd, what he had to say just briefly. I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. Dak had four touchdowns, and Dak led them to a meaningless win over the New York Giants. He did have a good play late. He tends to be a little better late in games than early. But I'm noticing something in football. Yes, what you notice? All the stat talk. Yeah, hit that like button. Yes, Mr. Truck, appreciate it. Stats is baseball. All the baseball nerds. They want to talk about WHIP and DMV and WAR, and I don't know what half the stuff means. Football's never been about stats. Look, <laughs> but I can't, I can't even uh, talk about this much more or much longer. He said that football is not about that. Let me get that wolf howl law. The wolf hunter is at practice today. Mm. Oh, he want the wolf howl. Yes, uh, you can get the wolf howl. Give me a few seconds. Let me pull that up. While uh, we looking for the wolf howl, uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in to the nation. You guys know how this thing go one way or another. All we got to do is pl- stay focused on what we need to do and things will come around the best way. Now, what, what I'm talking about is that you can't on one hand talk about, uh, well, stats don't matter. Stats this and that. And uh, stats can't get you here and stats can't get you there. But this is the thing, man. When you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, that's what they first bring up. They bring up, well, look at this. According to this stat, they have only won two super, on two playoff games in such and such, such years, and then they utilize this particular. It's crazy. Let's go. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? You got to follow it up with the music. They don't know. They don't know what they do. They don't know. Y'all brought out the dogs now, the wolves. Come on, let's get right up. Let's get crunk. Let's hunt. Let's go hunt. Let's go hunt, baby. Y'all hear this. One way or another, we do not. We do not fold up like lawn chairs. We do not. I'm just telling you right now. 
All right, Cowboy Nation. All right, Cowboy Nation. So uh, let's listen to, to more what uh, Colin have to say about these stats and uh, how he feel about it. Let me rewind just a little bit. Ian, W-A-R, and I don't know what half the stuff means. Football's never been about stats. Check out his Twitter line. I don't care about Tom Brady's <laughs> stats. He wins playoff games and gets to Super Bowls. I don't even need you to win all your Super Bowls, but I want you to get there. Football's never been about nerds. It's alpha males, big men imposing their will. I beat you. Baseball mm. is analytical, and it's a thinking man's game, and there's no clock and no real urgency, and there's a zillion games. Football's about winning games, bro. I it want is. quarterbacks to win games. All I watch it. So, so that's a qualifier right there. He said football is about – he said – and he said the word bro like come on man come on now um come on bro <laughs> hey this is what it is right now baseball yes you can argue the fact that baseball is about stats yes uh that's why they just trying to say okay we don't want to lower the mound or raise the mound or move the mound or uh or put more people out there in the field or play and and we just want to be able to keep the good old-fashioned baseball to keep it what it is right that's cool, but we're talking about football, baby. Since the beginning of the beginning of time, people talk about stats with football. Uh, we, we talk about the sack records. We talk about the interception records, the, 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 the uh, DB that's able to catch the most interceptions in a single season. Uh, we talk about that. That's how even uh, my guy Everson Walls is remembered to this day with the Dallas Cowboys, the most interceptions in one season, 11 from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and that's how you talk about the Troy Aikmans of the world, the uh, the, the, the Jay Novacek's, although he, he don't have the, the, the stats per se, but we talk about the clutch moments, his catching ability. And then we move around and we talk about Tony Romo. We talk about how Tony Romo was able to be undrafted, to get on his team, to ultimately be one of the most proficient passers in the National Football League, not just the Dallas Cowboys. We look at stats. Now, when you go into the another realm and you're talking about win column, it don't matter how sexy or how ugly or how nasty or how beautiful or how uh, disgusting the particular stat may be. But as long as that at the end of the uh, four quarters, the, the, the end of the entire run clock, and when you can put that W up on the board, it means everything, not something. It means everything. And when he talk about the young Dak Dakota Rain Prescott or however you want to call it, the, 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 the quarterback that don't deserve to be on, on this team from most people per se perspective, hmm. the guy wins game. So at some point, shout out to you always later. Really appreciate you uh, for being part of the uh, mix. At some point, you got to look at it from this angle and say, okay, yes, the kid may not make the throws that we want, but damn it, he is winning games. <laughs> it's 30, it's 30, it's over 30 games in his first three years. You can hate the guy all you want to. <laughs> you can say, hey, he can't hit water if he fell off a boat, but my goodness. You got to go back to what you're saying and say, okay, where's my argument? Because at one point you're saying, okay, stats don't matter, but wins do. But the quarterback that you're talking about is winning games. So how can you really, and I had the nerves of people coming into the chat, not, not to the chat box because they didn't come when I was live, when I was doing this yesterday. I heard people say, hey, man, Colin Cowherd got a, 
got a point. He's actually right, Law. And I'm sitting there like, okay, okay, what? Where, 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 is, where you guys are looking at that information from? Because he was talking out of the side of his neck. But let's listen to what he had to say in his whole entirety. Yesterday is all these stats coming out now. Oh, this guy did this and this guy did this. There's one with Dak Prescott. He has 30-plus wins. That's all that counts. fewer interceptions in his first three seasons. That's an NFL record. Yippee. Fit yourself for a yellow jacket in Canton. Nobody cares. Nobody Russell cares. Russell Wilson will face Dak this weekend. Russell Wilson's way better. He doesn't have that record in his first three years because he, he didn't have what Dallas had. He didn't have a Zeke. He didn't have that sketch. He was going up against Harbaugh. And... <laughs> He didn't have Ezekiel Elliott. What do you mean? He only had beast mode. Oh, he didn't have a, a top 10 defense. He only had the number one defense in the National Football League. Transcending defense. A defense that only allowed you to only play a half of the field. He didn't even have to throw 80 yards or 70 yards a game. He had to only manage 40 yards. Man. <laughs> Chandler. Um, Richard Sherman's of the worlds. Oh man, can I go Maybane, Big Maybane, uh, Wagner? Can we go on? You guys can start. Uh, uh, Cliff Averill, I think that's the guy that was on that team. Earl Thomas, man, I, I guess the Dallas is comparable to that team, far as defensive wise. <laughs> it's okay. I trust me. I love the fact that Colin Cowherd. Uh, is saying, saying this because well, I used to jump back on this show and you guys remember the blind resume show and the and the other show that he was doing and he was uplifting Dak Prescott and I was like okay let me go run to Colin Cowherd he's with the rescue he's coming through with the clutch he's pulling out the stats and he's beating them down with the stats you guys remember that episode and uh, I was crunk I was so crunk and then somewhere midpoint of the season um, now, this is the thing. This was less than eight months ago because I can go back on my timeline and look. And uh, this was less than eight months ago. He was glorifying the stack column. He was saying that Dak Prescott is a better Cam Newton. He's far stat ratio. He's a better this and that and a better this and that. And then about four weeks ago, something changed. Maybe he lost some money. Maybe he said, okay, Dak, I want you to come into the studio. And Dak said, I'm too focused right now. I'm not able to come into the studio. And he switched just like that. And he was talking about, well, Dak Prescott is the new Blake Bortles. Dak Prescott is the, is the Tim Tebow with a better arm. And I said, man, what crawl up his, you know what? <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, let's let's listen to some more of this stupidity uh, to get into your mind, so I can just elevate you guys into another realm, right? Because this is crazy. I, I but I got to get it out. The last episode that I did on this, I didn't do it justice. I didn't do it the Law Nation style. So let's listen to some more of what Colin Cowherd got to say. <laughs> and the Niners and Aaron Rodgers and his prime and. Can we stop the stat talk in football? First of all, there's no context. The, the, the no new context. NFL, they've, they, you, they've totally handcuffed defense. All the quarterbacks are setting records. Oh, I, I didn't even mention the day that Sam Darnold became the first 21-year-old to throw for 300 yards in an NFL game. I didn't even mention it. Finally did. Who cares? 
Makes you know, you, you know why nobody cares that Sam Donald is doing all that? Because the main stat that we talking about that matter, he didn't do that. He's not doing those things. And you know what that main column is, Cowboy Nation? Is the W. He's not putting up the W. That's what it is. If Sam Donald was putting up those particular numbers, plus and you add in the fact that he was winning, man, Sam Donald would be able to walk on water. <laughs> I can't make this stuff up, man. Uh, man, let's go. Donald, anything. It means the league now is a passing league. By the way, if you want to go stats, Kirk Cousins. This year finished this is my with 30 right TDs, 10 it. picks, 70% completions, 10th in passing yards, and 100 passer rating. Let's repeat. Let me go stats. Kirk Cousins this year finished with 30 TDs, 10 picks, 70% completions, 10th in passing yards, and 100 passer rating. Let's this listen year again. finished <laughs> with 30 TDs, 10 picks, 70% completions, 10th in passing yards, and 100 passer rating. You know what one one stat that he will not pull out for 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 Kirk Cousins and everybody that was out here saying that oh okay hey law hey law we should go get Kirk Cousins he's far beyond better than Dak Prescott and uh, everybody was saying that this and that but Kirk Cousins against number I guess against winning teams is four and twenty six or something like that well four and twenty four oh law where you get that from stats. <laughs> Oh, buddy, but people will go out there and say, okay, Kirk Cousins, he got all of the measurables. He got everything you want. He got everything you need. He can throw the deep ball. He can uh, make moves on the plate. He can actually um, uh, just, just, just move methodically ball down the field and da-da-da and da-da-da, but he do not win games. So this strongens and strengthens, uh, if I can say strongens, you know, just pardon me, I haven't had my coffee this morning. This strengthens my argument. This just strengthens my argument of what he said about Kirk Cousins and uh, versus, I guess you got to say versus a Dak Prescott. You got to, you got to, because he said the stats don't matter. But what I'm saying, what matter is the win columns. Oh, buddy. And, and uh, everybody can't say this right here. Oh, the Vikings defense is trash. Vikings got good defense. Oh, the Vikings got nobody to throw the ball to. Man, they got a Thielen. They got a guy named Stefan Diggs out there. They got a, a, a tight end, <laughs> Rudolph. They got a decent running backs out there. They got everything you want for the Vikings. <laughs> oh, why are, why are they not in the playoff? Oh, okay. Three TDs, okay. 10 picks, 70% completions, 10th in passing yards, and 100 passer rating. You want Kirk Cousins starting your quarterback for a big football game? <laughs> Football's about winning games. And I'm seeing this all the time now. Three words, folks. Trust your eyes. Right. I don't Trust your eyes. Don't listen to what he said. Don't listen to what he said. They don't look like Clemson. That's why I bet my 401k on Clemson this weekend. He didn't bet no 401k. I don't care that Westbrook wins the MVP. He's not half the player of Kawhi Leonard. Forget LeBron. I don't care that Dak set a record yesterday. He's not even close to Russell Wilson. Stats <laughs> are for baseball. Stats offer no context. Stats make Kirk Cousins great. Stats tell you that the best three-year quarterback in league history is Dak Prescott. He's a nice kid, but the stuff I like about him isn't even football. It's intangibles. Okay. He's tough. He's a leader. Right. He's be better mm -hmm. late in games than early. Don't love his arm at all. Right. Statistically, he's middle of the Packer blow and everything. <laughs> Statistically, yes. So, so 
What's the argument? You said, okay, trust what you see on tape. The guy putting W's up. And then you're talking about you don't trust his arm, which everybody say. Even, I'm Law Nation, and I say that, look, Dak Prescott don't throw the best balls, <laughs> right? Uh, you guys, I've been with you guys all, what, it's going into my third year. Uh, and I've been saying ever since the uh, third, well, going into this year, hey, Dak Prescott need to work on his accuracy, need to work on throwing in motion, blase, 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 right? <laughs> I can't make this stuff up. I cannot make this stuff up. And then he goes back to the stats and say, okay, well, I don't trust stats, but let's listen to what he say again. Let's listen. Let's go back. This is too funny. Don't love his arm at all. Statistically, he's middle of the Packer blow and everything, and that's with a good old line, a star running back, a number one wide receiver, continuity in coaching, and the best front seven in defense in the league. <laughs> Which column do you guys want me to start off first? All right, so uh, he said – a good offensive line. Okay. This offensive line been overrated since 2016. The moment we left or lost uh, Ron Leary, this team been crumbling. Uh, they moved Lyle Collins to a right tackle. It was his first time playing that position in 2017. So everybody know that you got the growth factor in that, right? Lyle Collins, naturally, if you look at him, he's not. He's, trust me, he is not a right tackle, just as well as Byron Jones is not, I'm going to repeat, is not a safety. He's been played in the wrong positioning. So I can say this right there. Uh, Travis Frederick, yes, cool. You got me on that. The best center in the National Football League. Let me know how many snaps Travis Frederick played this year. I'm waiting. Zach Martin. I will give you that. Zach Martin, hands down, the coldest right guard that's in the National Football League. There's no other right guard that you can say, okay, Law, who would you take? Uh, give me give me Zach Martin. You know what I mean? I'm not going to put the T in the name. I'm out of respect, Zach Martin. Give me Zach Martin. You know, but, but give me Zach Martin. You know what I mean? That's from my Martin Martin days. But uh, then if you look back, at the left guard who got a gigantic hold there all year, all this year and last year, two years in a row. We don't have a left guard to play on this team, right? Since 2016, we don't have a left guard and everybody know that as much as we have our love and adulations toward pick number 77, come on. Those who really, those who really love the Cowboys, not just like the Cowboys, but love the Cowboys who not biased about the situation. Know for sure that the only reason that, Tyrone, Tyron Smith, I'm about to say Tyrone, but Tyron Smith is in the Pro Bowl just off of reputation. Just off of reputation. He did not play a Pro Bowl caliber year this year. <laughs> he did not play a, a, a Pro Bowl caliber uh, this year. He's the second or, or third most um, a holding called on, on, on the left tackle this year, I believe. Uh, and he's just not playing well. I think that his back is still is having issues and his arm is still having issues. His arm's so big, he got a, a, a knee brace on his arm. We understand that. But off a of reputation alone, that's the only reason why Tyron Smith is, the, is going into the Pro Bowl. Guys, I can't make this stuff up. I don't know how people can always say, they have they they going back to 2014 and maybe 2015 offensive line is way better than this year's offensive line. Believe it or not, our record doesn't say anything about that. But 2015 offensive line is a whole lot better than this year's offensive line. They going by what 2000 maybe 13. You can squeeze that in a little bit, but they going off of 2014 
and 15 and 16 offensive line play. Now, when we talk about front seven, he said that this the best B-E-S-T, one of the best front sevens in the National Football League. It's hyped. It's hyped up. And trust me, we know that Rob Marinelli can get a guy named George Selvey for crying out loud, playing nasty on the front seven. And I'm not talking about the hot boys. Trust me, I'm not talking about the hot boys. But we're not like the best Best of the best front seven offense, front seven defensive line in the National Football League. I'm sorry, we just not. Uh, now we got some growth going on on the opposite side. The Randy Gregories of the worlds. We have the, um, the, the <laughs> see that's the only person I can talk about, right? <laughs> and then we can talk about the uh, Demarcus the Lawrence. But come on now, come on now, come on. Let, let, listen back to what he said. What he said. Let me see. And, Statistically, he's middle of the Packer blow and everything, and that's with a good old line, a star running back, a number one wide receiver, continuity in coaching, and the best front seven in defense in the league. But you get him on the road, under 100 (laughs) yards rushing, defense doesn't play well, they got shut out by the Colts. You know how hard it is sometimes with all those weapons they have? This is not a rebuilding team. This is a real team with stars everywhere to get shut out. Dallas sat Zeke yesterday. Why? Because Zeke doesn't have anything to prove. Why did of Dallas play that? To prove. Get him some reps. Of course he needs so some we, reps. We have, I'm seeing this. Trust your eyes in sports. This is- Robert Ferris said, how many holding calls are biased, though? Uh, or, I mean, are um, bogus, though? Yeah, a lot of holding calls have been bogus, but uh, I look at one of those holding calls. Like, <laughs> Tyron Smith is actually holding the guy on the outside instead of mauling him. He keeps holding him and jerk him inside his body. He didn't kick his hips out wide enough. And then on top of that, against speed rushers, of course, Tyron Smith has been known to let that up too. So I'm not saying that Tyron Smith is trash. No, don't, 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 don't put that on my head. No, I'm not saying that. But Tyron Smith this year is not a Pro Bowl caliber t- uh, left tackle. Now, me as a fan, I love the fact that now. Fan talking, if I put my fan hat on, I say yes. Tyrus Smith is a is a Pro Bowl left tackle. He's one of the best left tackles in the world. But from a uh I guess if you want to use stats and statistics and all these other things, you can say, man, he's not playing Pro Bowl caliber right now. The caliber of Pro Bowl plays is just not there. I just don't see it. But I digress. All I have to say with this right now is that. You can't use one half of the segment and say that, okay, you're going to elevate them on this and then take that away from them and then put this up higher. It it just don't work that way, but it is what it is. In baseball, who gives a rip about Westbrook's stats? He's not half the player of Kawhi Leonard. I don't care that Notre Dame's undefeated. Mm -hmm. They don't even look like Clemson. They shouldn't even be on the same field as Clemson. <laughs> he get, he's jumping everywhere. Or Baker's numbers, or Sam Darnold threw for blankety blank yards at 21 years old. You know what? I, I come to the um, the opinion of this right here with this uh, whole debate. I think that he's cushioned this because it's more so to do with Baker Mayfield than Dak Prescott. Because I think that he's really upset about Baker Mayfield having a spent a fantastic year and he thought that Baker Mayfield was just a horrible guy and would not be able, he was going to be like a Johnny Manziel 2.0 or what have you and Baker Mayfield has changed the whole entire complexity of uh 
if I can say that word, for the uh, uh, the Cleveland Browns. That's what I think. Still, we appreciate you for tuning in from the Paris. There are four quarterbacks in this league. That is it. That can carry average players. Okay, give me the four. Carry them to the playoffs. And they're my bore four. Brady, Breeze, Luck, and Wilson. <laughs> they don't have big personalities. They probably don't hold them. Okay. Let's let, let's listen to what he had to say. Uh, I, I apologize, Cal, uh, Colin Cowherd, for stopping you. Bunch of records, listen. although Brady's been around forever. I'm sure he does. Those guys take average rosters and average receiving cores and bad offensive line and carry teams into the playoffs. And don't give me Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he says, don't give me Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yes, I, I can say to those factors that Aaron Rodgers, he need a cast around him. He needs better defense for him to be one of the guys that can make it to the playoff and win consistently. Without a defense, without this and that, Aaron Rodgers, just Aaron Rodgers, a stat mantra, right? But this is the thing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a bad boy. I'm not saying that he's not. If we look at uh, this guy right here, this outlier right here, uh, when they took away Jimmy Graham, I was sitting wait. They went seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. I don't think that we would have the type of uh, of uh, what do you call this patience for a quarterback to go three years in a row going seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. I don't think Cowboy Nation would have that type of patience when you remove the weapons from uh, number nine. This guy right here, Drew Brees, who is I'm gonna say he's a bad quarterback, a nice quarterback. He's not what he's built to be or meant to be or made up to be, in my opinion. You know, that's just what it is collectively. Now, is he a better quarterback than Dak Prescott? Yes, I can say that. Yeah, I can say that. But for what the argument that Colin Cowherd is saying, that makes it not truth. That means it's not true for what he's saying because he's not taking an average team and elevating them to the playoffs because name me the average team that he took with average receivers, with average this and that, with average running backs and taking those teams to the actual uh, uh, playoff. Now, this guy right here got to be an outlier. You playing against the Jets twice a year, the Bills twice a year, the, <laughs> the Dolphins twice a year. Of course, there's no other starting quarterback that's in this particular division for number 12 that's going to be mentioned as a good quarterback in the last 20 to maybe 30 years outside of Chad Pennington. He was the only other quarterback that's out of the, the, the Jets divisions, uh, I guess out of the Jets division, out of the uh, AFC, whatever they play in, that, 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 that gave this number 12 any threat. Nobody. Of older Brett Favre, maybe. But no, Brett Favre was in the Vikings, so I'm, I'm way off on that. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Brett Favre, when he played for the Jets, yeah, that was the only other time. That was the only other time. Look, this guy is able to just slide and skate, slide and skate to the playoff every freaking year because their division is so trash. And I, I don't care what nobody say. Talk about the NFC East is the least. Man, somebody need to call out this AFC. What what team? What, what division is it? What division he plays in? AFC what? Let me put this down below because <clears throat> that's six automatic wins a year. You know? Yeah. What what is it? AFC? Help me out. Help a brother out. <laughs> We saw this year when when the division finally had some defenses in that division. Uh, AFC East. There you go. Appreciate it, uh, Keek. 
Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Uh, and, and then on top of that, he talked about, and this is the funniest part ever. We know why we were uh, shut out against the Colts. It was not, it wasn't like the Colts was like, okay, we're going to just shut them down. They can't get to the 50-yard line. It was from the stupidity of our own offense, <laughs> running vertical seams, uh, going forward on fourth down when we right there in the money zone. And I said this before when we when we went um, went live and talking about this. The reason why we got shut out against the Colts uh, was not because of this guy. He didn't pass for like three, four hundred yards. It was not because of that. <laughs> Actually, he passed for less yards than Dak Prescott in that particular game. Uh, we went to the money zone, green zone, I think three or four of those attempts that we were in there, we went for it in each and every last one of those times. And it was also a block kick that, w- that occurred. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you have to look at it, the game, and if you can just look at the uh, – watch the game, you can say, okay, the Cowboys shut themselves out. All they had to do is when they get to the money zone to kick a field goal <laughs> or not go for it or a Jamez Olawale catches the ball or what have you have been a whole different type of temperament of game. But didn't the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's not even close to going to the playoff, didn't they shut out the Colts? I'll wait. Oh, I'll wait. Oh, oh, I'll wait. <laughs> And uh, let me see. You guys are not able to see the other character that he got on here. Uh, let's see if I can change that for you. Let me see if I can move this around for you guys. Let me see. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you all for being part of the mix. Uh, let me see. Come on. Come on, computer. Wake up. Wake up. There you go. There you go. There you go, baby. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. All right, so let me see what we can do. I can't change this around. I can't move it around. But the other guy they have on the column there is a uh, quote unquote. Um, it's not allowed me to move the uh, the picture there. So the other guy that I have there is uh, the Russell Wilson. <laughs> it is what it is. Because Aaron Rodgers is sitting home again, second year in a row. That's it. I am over. All these stats suddenly. Ooh. Maybe it's fantasy football. And by the he said he's over all of those stats. So we're gonna. I'm gonna have to save that as a drop. <laughs> that right here when he says I am over all of these stats. All these stats. Second year in a row. That's it. I am over all these stats suddenly. Maybe it's fantasy football. <laughs> And he tried to blame it on fantasy football, but we, we use stats for uh, gambling, sports gambling as well. So uh, I don't know where he was going at with that. But um, it is what it is, Cowboy Nation. But let me go right here. Really appreciate everybody for tuning in to this mix. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. Stats. Walt Anderson. I told you guys I would promise you all a, a little, uh, uh, I guess, excerpt on on Walt Anderson. Uh, let me know if you are able to see this uh, picture here. If you're watching this on the podcast, uh, just tune into the uh, YouTube page or the Twitch page. We're live there on Periscope as well. Uh, Walt Anderson, um, as we look back at his 2018 marker, uh, these are his home games, uh, home versus visitors, percentage break, rate, breakdown ratio. Uh, what we want to look at is home percentages. This is for teams that's calling that we call the game. Um, in 2018, he officiated uh, 
over 15 games here. Uh, his his uh, win percentage for the home team is 48.9, meaning that 48.9% of the times, and we're just talking about winning percentages home, the home team uh, wins the game 48% of the time, or you can round that number up to 50, 49% of the time. Uh, total yards, uh, these are, are pretty much the... Um, the, uh, the the penalty yards or or, or or times that he throws the yards. So, so we're looking at uh, the collective yards here is 2018, and this is this is all brought to you guys by Pro Football uh, Reference. They are my official uh, stat records that I use for any of my content, uh, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. So. Um, <clears throat> Let's just look. Let's just go all the way back to uh, the game. They got every game that he ever called. Okay, so we're gonna go until 2000, and we're just scrolling on down. Let me know if you guys are able to see. Let me know. Uh, let me just double check. Give me a thumbs up because I don't want to be um, talking about nothing. Just give me a thumbs up and let me know if you if you are able to see uh, the content that, that is presented to you all. Um, because I'm not able to see you all. <laughs> all right, so we're going to go all the way down to 2018. Walt Anderson, Mr. Anderson. Thank you, Janique. We appreciate you. All right, so let me go all the way down. 2018. All right, so this was the game he called. He called against the uh, Carolina Panthers versus Dallas Cowboys September the night, 2018. Uh, p- 10 penalties, okay, all right. Eight, 85 yards, 16, of course, points get off, the, off the penalty. Uh, nine penalty received, 80 yards. So that's where his total, that was his total deal. Now, if we go back to somebody said the Saints game. Uh, let me see if I can find a Saints game. Da, 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 da. Come on, where you at, Saints game? There we go. So, five penalties, 48 yards, 13 points out of those penalties, eight penalties, 80 yards. So, uh, the home and away. All right, so we are, we already know that it was five penalties against us and it was 48 yards or what have you. But still, a lot of people were saying, that that game, the officiating for that game, which is kind of uh, convoluted or, or obscured or what have you. So my thing is with Walt Anderson, Mr. Anderson, as they say, he's one of those guys that regardless of the situation, regardless of the scenario, he's going to throw the flag. He's going to throw the flag. He's going to be the difference maker in some of the bigger plays that, that, that occur throughout the game. That's just how it goes. Uh, and I wish I could change it. And I wish I can say, okay, <clears throat> I wish I could change it around and, and make things happen differently. But it's not, you know, it, it is what it is. He's the guy that we pulled our numbers from uh, as far as uh, officiating the game this weekend. And, and this is his overall deal. If we look at this the home wins percentage is is, is is this number right here. Or you can just look at the raw percentage, 48.9 or 49% chance of, of the home team winning <laughs> versus the, uh, I guess, the opposition. So uh, the league average is actually at 60%. So <laughs> we're going to have to figure out how to crunch these numbers around and, and defeat 
Walt Anderson plus defeat the Seattle Seahawks. We're going to have to do that. That's just the bottom line. And uh, I, I, I don't want to sound crass or anything, but it is what it is. Happy New Year to everyone. Appreciate everybody for being part of the mix. Don't forget to, uh, to celebrate this year and, and enjoy every fashion of it, you know, uh, factors. Uh, let me see what we have. True, but you know it came down to whose Jones would pick. <laughs> Joseph, what'd you say? <laughs> we actually had less penalty yards in each game, though. Uh, yeah, but the calls were crazy. Just think about that. It is what it is. Not making excuses on anything. But we got to figure out a way for those calls. And think about this, too. The calls that were not called. Think about that. <laughs> oh, buddy. I'm not trying to paint myself in a corner out of this. But it's just me on the fly showing you all how things goes in the National Football League. Yes. Let's go, Cowboy Nation. Sunday. Yes, it will happen. Don't forget to hit that like button, share this content. Appreciate you. Always late. Headline Cowboys fan 11. Yes, appreciate you. Yes, we're live on Roku, iTunes. And did I talk about Spotify? Yeah, we there too. Check out my Instagram. Let's go. Mm, come on, Cowboy Nation. Hit that like button. Share this content. Happy New Year to you all. Check out the film sessions. Yes. Love all you guys. Let's play smart. Feed Ezekiel Elliott. Let's not worry about it. We was same here. We was right here when we was three and five, right? We're not going nowhere. We're not folding up like lawn chairs. Let's keep that momentum going. Keep it all in front. Yes, indeed. Consistency is the matter. Play smart. Play hard. And it will happen. Appreciate you, Janiqua. Will Redding, appreciate you. Don't forget to put down where you guys are from. I like to see that. Mm. Sydney, Australia. That's what I'm talking about. The dedication and the love and the adulation for the nation. Robert, appreciate you. Salute. And remember, you all are listening to nothing but the bass. We're out. Peace.